It is really good to be back here with you virtually. It's really good to be back in this building to see the incredible parking median, all the changes in the sanctuary to get ready for you all to be back in person very soon. I've missed you. I've missed being in worship with you. And again, it's just really great to be back. I've been listening to the series that you've been um, walking through, this great series on prophets and prayer and politics. And this morning, I want to add another prophet or prophetess to the conversation, and that is Deborah. Deborah, who is both a judge and a prophet, I want to talk about her, and I want to talk about story, because I think Deborah does what many of us find difficult to do. Deborah stays grounded in the story of God in the midst of the swirl of all these contrasting stories around her. And in this, God chooses to weave her story into his larger one that he's writing. Her story is found in Judges 4 and 5. She's called a prophetess, which we know a prophet or a prophetess is someone who hears the voice of God and shares this with the people of Israel. And she's also called a judge. A judge is someone who not only administers justice like we think of judges today, but also a judge serves as a ruler and a leader. Now, I'm not saying that this is biblical proof that women can multitask well and often wear multiple hats at once, but I do just wanna point out that Deborah is the only judge to also be called a prophet. So the scene for Deborah leading up to Deborah is that Joshua has led the people into the promised land. So the book of Judges is preceded by the book of Joshua. And at the end of that book, the people of Israel are brought into the promised land and they have this moment where they renew and reaffirm their covenant with God. They affirm, Israel affirms all the things that the Lord has done. They affirm their desire to be faithful to God. Joshua dies the elders die and a new generation of people grow up and they forget the story of God. The new generations go their own way. As they do that, they end up doing what's evil in the sight of the Lord, so much so that they provoke the Lord to anger. The consequence of their rebellion towards God is oppression by the nations around them. In those seasons of oppression, Israel would cry out to God in the midst of this until the Lord would have compassion and would raise up a judge or a leader to help overthrow their oppressors and lead them back into relationship with God. This cycle repeats itself through the series of judges. The judge would die, Israel would turn away again. And again, the cycle keeps repeating itself through the book of Judges. And the book of Judges ends with these words in Judges 21, 25. In those days, Israel had no king or leader and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. As you read through the book of Judges, I think in a way it catalogs the people of Israel choosing between competing stories. On one hand, the story of God, which is rooted in God's faithfulness. It's a story where God has woven the people of Israel into his own story. 
And then on the other hand, there's the story of the nations and the idols around them, which tempt them to go their own way. And in the midst of this cycle of faithfulness and unfaithfulness, we read the story of Deborah, the judge and the prophetess. So as we turn to her story, will you join me in prayer? Lord, we are thirsty. And so we come to you, the one who gives us living water. Lord, we are hungry, and so we come to you, the bread of life. Lord, we are blind, and so we come to you to give us sight. Holy God, open our hearts to the silent presence of your spirit and reveal yourself to us through these, your words to us. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. I'll be reading Judges chapter 4, most parts of verses 1 through 16. This is the story of Deborah. So the Israelites again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord after Ehud died. So the Lord sold them into the hand of King Jabin of Canaan, who reigned in Hazar. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Herosheth. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. For King Jabin had 900 chariots of iron and had oppressed the Israelites cruelly 20 years. At that time, Deborah, a prophetess, wife of Labadoth, was judging Israel. And she used to sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites came up to her for judgment. She sent and summoned Barak, son of Abinamah from Kadesh in Naphtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go, take position at Mount Tabor, bringing 10,000 from the tribe of Naphtali and the tribe of Zebulun. And I will draw out Sisera, the general of Jabin's army, to meet you by the Wadi Kishon with his chariots and his troops, and I will give him into your hand. Barak said to her, if you will go with me, I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. And she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, the road on which you are going will not lead to your glory, for the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah got up and went with Barak to Kadesh. Barak summoned Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh and 10,000 warriors went up behind him and Deborah went up with him. When Sisera was told that Barak, son of Abinama, had gone up to Mount Tabor, Sisera called out his chariots, 900 chariots of iron, and all the troops who were with him to the Wadi Kishon. Then Deborah said to Barak, up, for this is the day on which the Lord has given Sisera into your hand. The Lord is indeed going out before you. So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 warriors following him. And the Lord threw Sisera and all his chariots and all his army into a panic before Barak. Sisera got down from his chariot and fled away on foot, while Barak pursued the chariots and the army to Herosheth. And all the army of Sisera fell by the sword, and no one was left. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And this is quite a story. And if you keep reading in Judges 4, it is one of those kind of classic Old Testament stories that are really difficult to add to a children's Bible. 
It's quite a story. And I think it's one that can teach us about both the power of story and how story can guide us. I read this sentence the other day that really grabbed me because I feel like it gets at the heart of what we are struggling with. The sentence was this, it said, the world is a series of competing stories. The world is a series of competing stories. And right now it feels like to me that the different stories that we are hearing are very loud and very strong and vastly different. The world is a series of competing stories. Which one do I believe? Which one will I trust? Which one guides my life? And what do we do with one another when our ruling stories are different? But the comfort in a way is that this has actually always been true, that the world is a series of competing stories. It was true for Israel, it's true for us, and it was true for Deborah. And we see the contrast of competing stories for Sisera and King Jabin, for Deborah and Barak. Barak was the commander of the Israelite army and he seems to be believing only the story of 20 years of cruel oppression. Barak seems to see only the 900 chariots of iron and forgets at least for a moment the legacy of faithful rescue for those who trust the Lord. And so in this story, his is offered to us as a contrast to the confidence and conviction of Deborah. Because at this time, God raises up someone who can see and believe a different story. There's something about Deborah's faith in God that allows her to place herself and place her narrative into God's grander story. Deborah is a woman who seems to know where she belongs, under the shade of the palm tree, right where God has placed her. And as I picture her there sitting under the shade of the palm of Deborah, I wonder about her life. What was it like for her to live in her particular place, in her particular moment in history and season of life? I wonder, did she have any idea that she was living at a pivotal moment, that she was making history? With Old Testament stories, you know, we find that we're often given more decisive action than a lot of backstory or feeling. And so we're often left to let our imaginations fill in the blanks a little bit. And I find myself doing that with Deborah because something about her faith, about her relationship with God, about her certainty of who God is and what God desires for humankind compels her to call for Barak and give him the word from God to say to him, go, to say with confidence, the Lord is indeed going out before you. One thing we can know from Deborah's story is that she is a woman who listens for God's voice. We can know this because we know she heard it. And so we're left to wonder 
How did she cultivate this posture of listening? How did she learn to listen to God? I wonder if she sought God in the morning as she walked to the shade of the palm tree. Perhaps she did this again on her way home. All day, people were coming to her asking for advice. What gave her the wisdom that she needed to answer these questions? I wonder how in the midst of all of the Israelites again doing what was evil in the sight of the Lord, what was it about her rhythms of worship that cultivated faithfulness and connection with the living God? Perhaps like other prophets, perhaps like many of us, she had seasons of listening for God in the wilderness. Or perhaps as a wife, she learned to practice the presence of God in the midst of the daily tasks of home, family, of dishes and dinner. Perhaps it was in the mundane rhythms of life that she cultivated faithfulness and tuned her ear in to hear the voice of God. Perhaps she did what God had advised Israel to do and she recited the Shema as she rose up and as she went to bed, reciting this refrain, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Perhaps she kept these commandments and observed them diligently and daily as she went home, as she was away. See, Deborah puts her trust in God's story, even in the midst of the other stories competing for her belief. Even though the story around her is of 20 years of cruel oppression, 90 chariots of iron, and a commander of the Israelite army who needs her reassurance. Something gives her courage and conviction about God in the midst of all these competing stories. And I wonder for us, what is giving us courage and perhaps even conviction about God right now? I wonder how are we able or perhaps struggling to trust in the story of God? This text doesn't give us a formula, but we can picture her. We can picture Deborah under the shade of that palm tree. And we can see that her faith, her conviction, her trust, her story matters. We can imagine her practicing the things that help us maintain our trust in God. Things like remembering and retelling the story of God both the grand narrative and also the way that God has worked in our lives. Practicing the rhythms of worship, awakening to being aware of the work of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. Staying connected to a community of believers, practicing rhythms and habits of faith that to quote Dave Rohr, reroot us in the reality of a larger story. Judges 5 also gives us some clues into how Deborah wove her story into God's rather than the other stories around her. 
Judges 5 is called the Song of Deborah, and it's one of the oldest texts that we find in the Old Testament. Because apparently, in addition to being a prophetess and a judge, Deborah was also a singer and a songwriter. So she wrote and sang this song in Judges 5. I'm going to read a couple of sentences from it. Starting in verse 1, then Deborah and Barak, son of Abinamah, sang on that day, saying, when locks are long in Israel, when the people offer themselves willingly, bless the Lord. Hear, O kings, give ear, O princes, to the Lord I will sing. I will make melody to the Lord, the God of Israel. Awake, awake, Deborah, awake, awake and utter a song. Arise, Barak, and lead away your captives. Then down marched the remnant of the noble. The people of the Lord marched down for him against the mighty. So perish all your enemies, O Lord. But may your friends be like the sun as it rises in its might. And the land had rest for 40 years. Throughout this song that Deborah writes and sings, one frame that repeats is this, wake up. Arise, awake. And I think this call is less a call to wake up from sleep and more a call to come out of the malaise or hopelessness that can lull us into indifference. And it's a refrain that I think stands out particularly for me, at least perhaps for you, because of the season that we've been in. A long season marked by so much disruption and uncertainty and loss. I read an article recently in the New York Times entitled, there's a name for the blah you're feeling. It's called languishing. The article goes on to say that languishing is a sense of stagnation and emptiness. It feels as if you're muddling through your days, looking at your life through a foggy windshield. And it might be the dominant emotion of 2021. I relate to that feeling of languishing, of muddling through days. And so this refrain, wake up, gets my attention. Wake up, arise, and embrace the place that you find yourself in. Don't be lulled to sleep by the white noise of all the stories surrounding you, but wake up to remember the story of God. Wake up to this time, to this moment that we find ourselves in. The second refrain, which repeats itself in this song is this, when people offer themselves willingly. When people offer themselves willingly, God will use them in his story. This story about Deborah doesn't tell us of all of her, what qualified her to be a judge, what qualified her to be a prophetess. Perhaps she was a very wise woman, but what we do know is that something that stood out is that Deborah offered herself willingly. She offered herself willingly and God used her in his story. Deborah, a wife and a woman leading the people of Israel. 
Because she offered herself, because she arose and walked to the palm tree, because she continued to trust in the story of God, God used her. And in using her, peace was in the land for 40 years. That's how this story about Deborah ends. After this battle with King Javan and Sisera, the land and therefore its people had rest. They experienced not languishing, but shalom, flourishing for 40 years. As I thought about Deborah, and perhaps it was all this talk about narrative and stories, I started thinking about Eliza Hamilton and the musical Hamilton. I know some of us, Connie Weber comes to mind especially, who love this music and this story. And I will do a little plug if you haven't seen it, it's probably available on YouTube now. We got Disney Plus as a family just so we could watch their video of it. The music's incredible, it's a fascinating story. And in it, it talks a lot about narrative. It talks a lot about story. Alexander Hamilton and the other characters think and sing a lot about grand narratives and their own story. King George struts around the stage a couple of times singing that oceans rise and empires fall. These mighty men like George Washington and Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr are wondering who will tell their story? What will their legacy be? And woven into Hamilton is the character of Eliza Hamilton. And in a pivotal moment, she sings what's probably my favorite line among many favorite lines. She sings, I put myself back in the narrative. Towards the end of the musical, she sings, I put myself back into the narrative. I live in under 50 years. And among many things, she starts the first orphanage in New York City. And there's a moment at the end of Hamilton, the closing scene of Hamilton, after you know, this really grand story of a kingdom, of a nation rising, and all these men whose legacies we know. There's a moment at the end where Eliza is in front of the stage and she gasps. And the speculation is, is that in that moment, she gasps because she realizes that her narrative matters. She realizes that her story matters. It's a single thread, but it's a thread that matters. Placing ourselves, keeping ourselves in the narrative matters because God chooses to use you and me to bring peace, to bring flourishing, to bring shalom to those around us. God speaks to us when we go about the days, the tasks of our day. He speaks to us so we can hear and share his voice. He leads us, he calls us to lead, to fight injustice. When we offer ourselves willingly to God, he amazingly writes us into his narrative. And we know that his narrative is a grander one. It's larger than the story of America. It's broader than the story of Israel. It's the story that God has and is and will continue to write 
And it's the story that he has placed himself into. Jesus, the Alpha and Omega. Jesus, the true king, the true judge, the prophet, the leader who calls us to go not our own way, but his who calls us not to do what is right in our own eyes, but to do what is right in his, who has shown us, O oh mortals, what is good and what is required of us, to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. May we be a people who keep putting ourselves back into the narrative of this grand story that God is writing. May we be a people who keeps learning to trust God's story. Will you pray with me? God, we hold with reverence this paradox that you are the author of this story, that the earth is yours and all that is in it. And you know the number of hairs on our head. You give us our first breath you call us to be part of your story. You are both the author of our faith and the author of this grand story of life. God, help us at this time to be a people who offer ourselves to you, to be a people who listen for your voice in the place that we find ourselves. Help us, God, to wake up Help us wake up to the work of you in our lives and the work of you around us. Help us to join you in this great partnership that you call us to. Awake us to you, the, the gift of your presence in our life and the work that you have for us today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.